Hello and welcome to Catholic Bites, a podcast for busy Catholics. This is Father Conrad. I have with me a returning guest, Father Christian Humner. Father Christian, welcome back to Catholic Bites. Thanks, Father Conrad. Great to be back. And today we are going to talk about a topic that we've talked about before on the podcast, but but maybe from a different tact. Uh, we are talking about monasteries. And the question that I'm going to start off with, uh, why do cloistered monasteries exist? What's, what is the point of a bunch of people leaving society when they could serve society, they could help society, and live by themselves in a place far away? I'm going to cut to the chase and try and give a precise answer to that in one word, and that is God. <laughs> that's the answer that every like one of my students you know when i ask them a question they're like god jesus <laughs> no but really that is i think if you're considering the question what is the point what is the good quite literally of a monastery and the answer is god mm-hmm. i can think of some experiences that I've had in the past encountering monastic communities, and maybe Father Conrad, you've had similar encounters as well to draw from. But I remember the first time that I ever visited a cloistered religious community. It was a number of years ago. I was on a business trip in a foreign country and making a pilgrimage. And the hotel where I was staying in for this little pilgrimage was very near to a poor Claire's convent. And so I popped in there to pray. And it was a very new experience for me to know that there were these nuns on the other side of of a grail who I couldn't really see, but I could hear. Mm -hmm. And although I didn't understand it entirely, and I'm sure I still don't now, I got it. I got it that it was really good that this place existed, Mm -hmm. and that as soon as I stepped out of the convent and into the streets of this town and into the world and the 24-hour news cycle and everything that comes and goes so quickly, it struck me how this community of women, which I imagine had in this case been there for perhaps hundreds of years, Mm -hmm. how over that time, while all the world was changing rapidly day by day, hour by hour, they were the ones who were resting every day on what was eternal. Mm-hmm. on the one thing that doesn't change, on God himself. And so to enter into a house given over entirely to that, let you, or in my my experience was it, it let you kind of share in that rest for a little while as a refuge, and then leaving to take that experience with me, which obviously we're sitting here talking mm-hmm. about it many years later, and, and so it's it's shaped my own understanding of reality uh, ever since then. Well, what would you say then to the argument that, okay, that's nice, but, you know, as Christians, we're called to a certain amount of human solidarity. We're called to care for the poor. We're called to care for uh, people who are beyond our doorstep. Um, I, there was This was an argument in history from Protestants, from uh, secular rulers and things like that, that this is a drain on society as opposed to something that is supporting it, that a Mm -hmm. cloistered uh, existence is selfish or Mm self-centered in a certain sense. Yeah. There's probably many different answers that could be given, and that's a a good question, Mm -hmm. I think, for a conversation. One approach to 
engaging with that question would be the church, the body of the church, that a body has many members. And so there are going to be men and women in the church who give themselves over to service of the materially or spiritually impoverished Mm -hmm. in a kind of total way. And in fact, many of them are religious, Mm -hmm, are mm -hmm. active religious. And in other ways, a family raising children, a mother and father, husband and wife, lay down their lives for the care and upbringing of, of their children. And that's a very good thing as well. But it's been an intuition in the church from the very beginning. We see this in the writings of the New Testament and St. Paul speaking about the good of consecrated virginity and the order of widows in the church. It's been an intuition from the beginning that 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 consecration, that radical consecration to God is a good to mm-hmm. have in mm-hmm. the church. And and that continues continues on to this day. It makes me think, too, of an analogous case, which is the state of Israel, which, um, if I remember correctly from the time I spent there, they have a certain support for um, the ultra-Orthodox members of their community who do not work but spend their time studying the Torah. Mm-hmm. And that it was thought when the state of Israel was founded that it would be a tangible good for society if some of society was spent not on what would seem to be, uh, you know, the the upbuilding of the society, but purely on the study of, of the law of the Lord, and that, that this was necessary for society, even if it didn't seem like they were contributing much. Indeed, they were receiving. I think, too, like the spiritual side of things. I remember I went to um, a cloistered uh, monastery in a country in Northern Europe uh, for a retreat, and afterwards I talked to one of the priests in the local diocese, and he said, that monastery of nuns, is the spiritual powerhouse of this entire country. Mm-hmm. And that we, we, we see the tangible things, but we don't see the spiritual things. And the, mm-hmm. the result from that, that, that men and women pursuing God purely um, has benefits all throughout society. And I think another kind of secondary benefit for that would be encouragement and hope for happiness. Mm. Because perhaps you've seen this as well, Father Conrad, some of the happiest people whom I've ever encountered, even if it's only been for a brief while, have been these radically consecrated Mm -hmm. and cloistered religious uh, women and men. And to see the radiance of the happiness of this total oblation to God that is living through them, Mm -hmm. it's a sign of the happiness that we all desire and that, that the Lord holds out for us and is an encouragement for those of us that are slogging in the world and so easily, so easily mm-hmm. distracted by lesser things, even good things, but things that are, are still lesser than God himself and eternal happiness. It's, it's a helpful reminder, I think, for all the church, for all the world, even when it's only perceived in this visceral, inarticulate way. Yeah, that 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 our true happiness, the font of our true happiness, is is something eternal and beyond the bounds of this world, as opposed to something that's here. And that only when you strip away all the things of the world and pursue that radically, do you really come to find mm-hmm. its source. You know, and 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 someday we'll all be in heaven, God willing, and be doing the same thing that those cloistered monks and nuns are doing right now. We're just seeking the Lord purely without anything else, you know, the desiring him uh, for all eternity. Um, 
Yeah. What, uh, I, I guess oftentimes in these podcasts, I turn to a practical question at the end to try and give our listeners something. And it seems to me that this topic this is, is the most impractical. Very impractical. <laughs> the most important and the most impractical. Exactly. They, they go together. Well, I, I, I guess the, what would the encouragement be? I think the encouragement would be to, to seek out um, these sources of hope in a certain sense, but I, we don't want to disturb their prayer and all, as well. But no, what do you think? Maybe, maybe here's a couple practical things. One is, some people have this vocation, mm-hmm. and if someone's listening to this, you might have that vocation. Yeah. If the Lord stirs in your heart and opens the door through your walk of life to consider this life, consider it. Open, open your, your mind to that possibility, and don't be afraid. It, it can be something that the Lord, mm-hmm. and he does call people to this life. So that's a very practical yes. consideration. <laughs> and then... For for all of us, the primacy of God mm-hmm. in in everything. Uh, that's that kind of holiness, that kind of total gift of ourself in that secret inner room of the heart that's manifest in a particularly evident way in a cloistered religious community. Something of that is for all of us yeah. as well. Yeah, that's very true, and and the the radical living it out in the body of the church inspires us and also reflects how our our lives also should be ordered that that though we can't do it in that perfect state we can do it in in a certain state in in, in our standard of life well that makes me want to go join a cloistered uh, uh monastery thank you father Hopefully christian one where they still allow podcasts <laughs> I, I maybe not <laughs> thank you father christian for joining us again thank you everyone for listening if you would like to find other great catholic talks you can find us at catholicbitespodcast.com or you can find us on apple podcasts or on spotify thank you and god bless you <laughs>